Welcome to the Gateway.Live podcast. We're so glad you're here. We pray that God speaks to you through this message and through His Word today. For more information about our church, please visit us at www.gatewaylife.com. Now let's tune in. If you have a Bible, I want you to turn to Isaiah chapter 40. Um, I... Uh, last night started our series on marriage entitled Marriage Mixtape and I'll be the first one to say it was awful. Uh, The content was there but the execution wasn't and uh, I walked right off the stage and started immediately. (laughs) Brad is is one of our elders. Brad is our uh, senior executive pastor and he's also my best friend, and I walked right off the stage and I just said, I, I, I cannot do it like this anymore. I, I'm just, I'm battling some stuff. I, I'm trying to, to fight through it by myself, um, and I don't want to, I can't do this anymore, and it's amazing. You know, when you say something like that, people's minds just go everywhere. <laughs> what is he battling? Has he turned into this? Is he a closet this now? Um, I'll I'll just put you at ease. Um, For the last several months, I've been dealing with a measure of pressure that I haven't experienced before in my life. Um, Everything in my life is going better than it's ever been before. And literally, I've been dreaming about this season. I turned 40 this summer, and and since I was a little boy, I, I have felt that that the first 40 years of my life were, were just a setup, that it, it was God just preparing me for some things and, and really the next 25 years of my life especially. And everything is amazing, but it's amazing how as everything gets better and better, I have started feeling more and more pressure. And some of you, this may be your first time here and, and you... Uh, are looking for the kind of church where they have a a phenomenally perfect person stand in this pulpit, and I'm going to let you down in nine seconds or less. (laughs) Um, And I personally just believe, I I, I don't want to stand up here and pretend. Um, And last night, I, I wasn't faking it, I was just fighting so much. The way I described it to the Lord last night after the message was I felt like I was at a Chick-fil-A trying to meet and counsel with a friend with two raging four-year-old twins playing behind me. And I would just start to say something good and then go, boys, boys, stop, stop. What was I saying? And then I would say something and then turn around and go, why did I just say that? That doesn't, stop, you're getting out of control. I was wrestling this pressure and it's been mounting. And last night I went home and and uh, just laid it all out on the table with the Lord. And uh, he'd been waiting for this for some time now, but you know, uh, I'm, I'm a little stubborn. <laughs> and I, I convinced myself I needed to fight through this. And uh, last night I just decided I, I don't wanna do that. Uh, I don't wanna fight through this. It's not that I don't wanna fight, it's just that I don't wanna fight by myself. And so if you're here today, uh, I, I wrote this message uh, in the middle of the night last night. And so if anything sounds a little bit off, that's why, number one. Uh, 
The nine o'clock was the first time that I preached this. That's not normal for me. Usually I'll run through my messages several times before I preach them. Uh, this message in the middle of the night last night was more like a journal entry than it was a sermon. And uh, I've been battling for a while. Uh, it had gotten so bad that the, the last four to six weeks in our home, since we've lived there for the last three and a half years, uh, next to our bedroom is uh, my office. And that's where I go to have my quiet time with the Lord. It's also where I go to study. And since I started this job five plus years ago, uh, those two things have started to get closer and closer together and it's, it's really started to drive me crazy. Um, I, and that might not make any sense to you, but there are times where I get sick of talking to God about sermons. And I just wanna talk as little press. And I, I don't, I don't wanna you know, spend 35 hours a week talking about a sermon when sometimes when I'm feeling the pressure that I was feeling, I just want to sit in there like a little boy and go, I, I really can't talk about that right now. I just, I just need to talk about this. And I haven't f felt able to do that. And so the, the pressure mounted and mounted. And uh, if you're here today and you've been feeling some pressure, maybe you have a new job or maybe it's a new season of life or maybe you're going through some difficulty and you're feeling mounting pressure, this message is for me and this message is for you. And for those of you who enjoy feeling strong when others confess weakness, uh, I'm not gonna say what I wanna say to you. I'm just gonna say stop playing. Stop playing. The single strongest act in all of human history was the single most vulnerable act of all time. And if you have to feel strong by surrounding yourself and enjoying when other people are vulnerable in weakness, I'm glad you weren't around during biblical times because you wouldn't have had any friends named Paul and Peter and James and John or David or Moses. If you're feeling a little bit of pressure, I want you to take really good notes and just listen to what the Holy Spirit would say to you. And if you're not feeling pressure and you feel like you're on top of your game, that's great. I celebrate that. I'm not rooting against you. I'm celebrating the fact that you, you feel like you're in a good place, but I would still take good notes because you might feel a little bit of pressure down the road and this might come in handy, all right? So I'm gonna give you three things as we walk through talking about pressure. And the title of this message is Pounded by Pressure. Pounded by Pressure. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25 says, Anxiety in the heart of a man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. Here's what I said to the Lord last night as I was writing this out. Lord, I know there's some people who've been feeling pressure like I have, and I want this to be a good, fresh, life-giving word to them that liberates them from the pressure they've been feeling, not increases the pressure they've been feeling. So would you give me an anointing to bring a good word that literally would make the heart glad? So let me give you three points to help you whether you're feeling pressure now or whether you may feel it down the road and, and this will come in handy. Here's point number one. You have to admit you're feeling it. When you feel pressure, you have to admit you're feeling it. Last night, I, I said to the Lord, Sometimes, God, I feel like when I have to preach messages like this, uh, that the people think I'm cracking. 
And I, I will never forget this little response. And it, it's a one-liner. You know I love one-liners. This is one of the nastiest responses I have ever heard God give me in my quiet time. I said, Lord, I, I feel like when I preach these messages, the people feel like I'm cracking. And here's what he says. Preston, the sound they are hearing is not the sound of you cracking. It is the sound of me chiseling. I may preach like this every week then, God. <laughs> Chisel me up. You have to admit your feelings. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, Paul says, But God said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. I hate that, but I love that. I don't want to focus on the weakness. I want to focus on his power and it being perfect, made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. This is what God is saying. When you feel pressure, you have to be able to admit you're feeling it. Paul says, I'll confess my weakness so that the power of Christ will rest upon me. I can think of nothing better to rest upon someone who is feeling weak than the power of Jesus Christ. Paul says, I, I, I'll celebrate the fact that I'm walking in weakness because every, every time I do, the power of Jesus Christ rests upon me. Now, there are two reasons why I personally hesitated to admit I was feeling pressure. And I think this is fairly similar for most of us. Here was the first reason I was struggling to admit I was feeling pressure. I'm afraid I'm going to screw it all up. I'm afraid I'm going to screw it all up. This, the church is doing very well. I'm so grateful. It, it's just uh, my marriage is doing well. My kids are doing well. I, nothing is perfect, but I, it's just this is a dream come true for me, all right? And as the church ha has uh, continued to grow, and this, this, I believe, is going to be the, the most phenomenal year we've had so far. And that's part of the pressure that I've been feeling. Is it's happening right before my eyes. And I, and I said to Brad last night, I said, uh, I've been feeling this for about four or five weeks. And if, when I got home and I was talking to the Lord about this, I felt like he said, hey, can, can I address something? Uh, this has been going on for more than four or five weeks. <laughs> I don't, that is not the truth. This goes back much further. In about the last four to six months, some amazing things have been happening. Uh, and, but it started to create some pressure. And in the back of my mind, here's a thought that I have from time to time. I'm going to screw this all up. It's going so well and it's better than I could have imagined. And I'm going to screw this up. And last night, after I was done writing this message out, I went into it. I'm not going to call it my office anymore. And I told the Lord, I don't want to study in the place where I pray. I need to have separate places. I don't mind praying in the place where I study, but I do not want to study in the place where I just go to pray. I'm done with that. I just want to go in and be press. I don't want to be pastor. I want a place where I can just be press. So I went in after I was done writing this out into the place where I love to be alone with the Lord and uh, he very sweetly, I, I was, you know, I'd just written it out. And one of the things 
And the message that I just said to you was, I'm afraid I'm gonna screw this all up. And I just felt the Holy Spirit very sweetly say, let's get one thing straight here. You're going to mess up. But when I am involved, you cannot screw it up. You're gonna mess this up. You're gonna mess it up from time to time. You're gonna make mistakes. But when I'm involved, you cannot screw it up because I'm bigger than you. I think sometimes we think that our mistakes disqualify us from what God wants to do down the road. And here's the beauty of of the all-consuming power of God. He says, hey, I can fit your mistakes into my plan. Don't worry, Preston. I've had plenty of practice. I can fit that mistake into my plan. It doesn't mean I intentionally try and make mistakes, but it does mean I release myself from the pressure of not making them. I'm going to mess up. But thank God, by his grace, he says, yeah, you're not going to bat a thousand, but when I'm involved, you're never going to lose the game. Never. You don't need to be afraid of screwing it all up. Maybe you have grown up around divorce. That's all you've seen. And you just got married and you go to bed at night afraid you're going to screw the best thing that God's ever given you up. Listen, you're going to mess up. But that doesn't mean you're going to screw it all up. Because God is involved. And the more you involve him, the more miraculous things you will see him do with your mistakes. Romans chapter 8, verse 28, I think sometimes the enemy loves to take verses in the Bible that are are some of the most powerful and try and render them powerless by turning them into cheap cliches. Romans 8, 28, I think is one of those. It says, and now we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. You're going to mess it up, but that doesn't mean you're going to screw it up. Here's the second reason I was afraid to admit I was feeling pressure. I'm afraid I'm not enough. I'm afraid I'm not enough. When I said to Brad last night, you know, I've been feeling this for about four to six weeks, and then I go home, and the Lord corrected me and said, uh, let's make sure we're on the same page here. This has been going on for about six months now. It started when you started to, to near the completion of renovation. And in that moment, it was like I was sitting down with a divine counselor, and I felt the Lord say, do you realize you enjoyed preaching more in that old ugly room than you do in that new beautiful room? And the reason is because when people walked into that ugly old room, their expectations of what you were about to do were very low, and you felt confident you could exceed them. But now that some money has been spent and I'm doing some bigger things, you're afraid you can't live up to their expectations. I was afraid to say, I feel like I'm not enough. You know what's awesome about the Lord is when you're feeling something like that, he sweetly comes in and confirms it. He goes, buddy, you're not enough. You're right. Genius. You are not enough. Way to go, man. 
I felt like I was in kindergarten again, being applauded for writing the letter A. Way to go, son. You're not enough. And I was actually encouraged by it. And here's what the Bible says about it. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. I'm nothing outside of him. The strength of my messages does not come from my gift or my voice or my creativity or my preparation. The strength of any message I ever preach is Jesus Christ and anything I heard from the Holy Spirit that I repeat. That is the strength of a sermon. But I kept putting pressure on myself when someone would say, oh, that was, that was amazing, that's the best message I've ever heard. And in my mind, I would half hear it and go, next week it has to be better. I can't live up to that. No one can. No one can. And it's funny, as the church has done better and better, uh, and, and I, get, I get why pastors don't hang out in the lobby. Some of you bash senior pastors that, at other churches that don't hang out in the lobby amongst the people. I'll tell you why they don't. Because hurting people find the lobby as the perfect place to attack a vulnerable pastor. Just about every weekend, not every service, but just about every weekend, someone tries to sideswipe me, theologically or emotionally back me to, into a corner and push me around, especially after a vulnerable message. I get it. I get why people don't want to go out into the lobby like that. Flinchers. Most senior pastors are flinching. Here's why. Because sheep bite. <laughs> they don't gnaw. They, they, gnaw. they don't let go. It's like, yeah, I get it. You don't like me and you hated that message. That's great. I understand. When we're hurting, the flesh loves to hurt others. But that doesn't mean we should stop walking in weakness, in vulnerability, just to protect ourselves from one or two people who might come against us. We have to be able to admit when we feel pressure. Here's the second point. We need to recognize why we're feeling it. When you feel pressure, you need to be able to recognize why you're feeling it. And I'll give you two really big ones. This is what I experienced, but I think this is for many of us. There are two really big times when we feel pressure. And here's the first one. When we're out of alignment spiritually. When we're out of alignment spiritually. And the picture the Lord gave me last night was when I go to the gym and I, I go to squat uh, ungodly amounts of weight. <laughs> you know that's not true. Look at these bean legs. <laughs> he gave me the picture of when you go to squat weight, everything is lined up and it's easy for you to explode up and push very heavy weights. There is nothing you can lift. There, there is no weight heavier that you can lift than when you squat. He said, but if you were to try and take that same weight and hold it out to the side like this, you could not because you are out of alignment. When we get out of alignment spiritually with God where he is here and we kind of step over here, pressure is bound to start mounting on our shoulders. 
The Bible says this, Psalm 16, verse 8, I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, he is before me. Because of this, I shall not be moved. When he is here and I am here, when we're in alignment, I don't feel the pressure. The problem was that I started to resent a little bit the fact that I had to spend so much time talking to him about sermons that I was talking to him more about sermons than I was about him and me. And I started to quietly in my heart resent it. And so I, I, and because I was feeling mounting pressure related to preparing sermons, I was spending less and less time over the last five weeks or so with the Lord, which is my thing. That's what I love to do. That's where I get my strength. And here I am kind of just moving over here going, well, I'm just, I got to figure this out. And without really even knowing it, I wasn't in rebellion. I was just out of alignment. And when we're out of alignment spiritually, we are bound to feel unprecedented pressure. John chapter 15, verse 5, Jesus says, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. And watch this next part. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Out of alignment with me, Preston. When you're out of alignment, all you can do is nothing. We've got to make sure we stay aligned, not just with the presence or in the presence of God, but with the heart of God. The second reason that I think we feel pressure, we've got to be able to recognize why, is we're under attack spiritually. We're under attack spiritually. The enemy loves to look for seasons in your life where you are carrying increased weight because he loves at that very moment to try and bring more weight with the goal of crushing you. Hear me. The devil's goal is not to burden you. The devil's goal is to crush you. And let me show you why I believe that's the case. It's, to me, it's very obvious in scripture why this is the goal of the enemy. There are several scriptures that speak to this. I'll just read you one. Romans chapter 16, verse 20. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Now, if you know me, you know one thing. I hate feet. I hate feet. When I read this last night, it was like it dawned on me. The only person that hates feet more than I do is the devil himself. Because every time the devil looks at my feet, he's reminded they're going to crush him. So he's trying to get out ahead of that crushing by crushing me when I'm already feeling weighed down in certain seasons of my life. So he sees me carrying more weight and then he loves to come and try and heap more weight on top of me with the goal of trying to crush me. Because if I am crushed, he knows I cannot crush him. But thank God, I don't stand alone. It doesn't say my feet will crush him. It says God is going to use my feet to crush Satan. It's a tag team effort, people. We have to recognize sometimes the enemy is just on the attack a little bit more than normal. 
It doesn't mean we have to walk around seeing a demon in every bush. But it does mean we need to understand that in seasons where we feel weighed down, the enemy loves to bring more weight. Recognize it so that you can do something about it. All right? That leads us to the third point. Remember what Jesus said about it. Remember what Jesus said about pressure. Now, there are two things I'm going to give you here that he reminded me of last night. Two things, red letters in your Bible, that Jesus says related to pressure. Here's the first thing Jesus says. Give it to me. Cupcake, give it to me. That's my translation. Give it to me. Give me your pressure. Psalm 55, verse 22. Cast your burden on the Lord, and he, not me, he shall sustain you. When I cast my burden on the Lord, I am sustained by God and his strength, not by me and mine. Cast your burden on the Lord. Many of us know Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart. And I love this next part. And you will find rest for your souls when you do this. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Can I tell you something? I only slept a couple hours last night because I was writing out this message, but I slept amazing last night. I rested in a way that I haven't felt I have rested in weeks. Here's why. Because last night before I fell asleep, I said, I can't carry this any longer. I need you to carry this. <laughs> I just, it's like I, I felt Jesus looking right back at me going, thank you. Thank you. It's like I convinced myself I was Simon and that I needed to carry the cross. And Jesus is going, I did that. I don't need you to die all over again every day as a martyr, convincing yourself this is the way you have to live. You have to carry it all by yourself. Give it to me, Preston. Let me take it and let me tuck you in and put you to bed. I slept like a baby last night. Because for the first time in months, I let go of something that I was trying to carry all by myself. Jesus says, give it to me. When you feel pressure, that's when you should come right to me. Come to me and give it to me. Don't hesitate. Just bring it to me. Let me take it. And when you do, you'll find rest. The rest you're really looking for. But the second thing that Jesus says about pressure is something I think we, most of us, forget. Jesus says this. Let's do this together. Let's do this together. Many of us know the story of the disciples getting on a boat, crossing to the other side of the body of water that they were in front of, and in the middle of that body of water, they get overwhelmed with the biggest storm that they have seen before. In two weeks, I'm going to be on that body of water. Here they are, overwhelmed. And last night, the Lord reminded me of the last words Jesus says. 
before he gets on that boat with them. Listen to what he says. Luke chapter 8, verse 22. One day Jesus said to his disciples, let us cross to the other side of the lake. Jesus is saying, see that other side of the lake there? We're going to go over there. Did you hear what I said? We, let us, you and me, we're going together to the other side. Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they got into the boat and started out. As they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap. But soon a fierce storm came down in the lake. The boat was filling with water and they were all in real danger. The disciples went and woke him up shouting, Master, Master, we're going to drown. When Jesus woke up, and I love this next part, he rebuked the wind. He didn't rebuke the disciples first. He rebuked the wind and the raging waves. And suddenly the storm stopped and all was calm. See, the disciples forgot the last thing Jesus said before they went to cross to the other side was, let's do this together. I'm with you. I don't know why I do this. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But from time to time, I am guilty of convincing myself that I have to carry this calling and walk out this calling all by myself. And whenever I get into that place, I feel immense pressure. And here's why. I was not created to do it alone, and neither were you. Friends can't help me carry my calling. They can help shoulder some of the load, but they can't walk out this calling for me. This is something that he and I do together. It's something that you and he do together. And the disciples get caught up in this huge storm, and they forget the two biggest details in the whole story, that Jesus said, let's do it together, and that Jesus was in their boat. So if you turn to Isaiah chapter 40, I'm going to read a bunch of verses here. Because last night as I was wrapping up writing this, I felt the Lord send me back to one of my favorite chapters in Scripture. And in the middle of this chapter, it's as though the God of the universe lays out his divine resume just a little. He reveals just a little of his divine resume. And I felt the Lord say, Preston, I want you to go to Isaiah 40. And I have something to say to you. So I picked it up, and let's read it together. Starting in verse 12 of Isaiah 40. God says, who else has held the oceans in his hand? Who has measured off the heavens with his fingers? Who else knows the weight of the earth? Or has weighed the mountains and hills on a scale? And I felt like in that moment he said, who else knows how heavy your weight is. Who is able to advise the spirit of the Lord? Who knows enough to give him advice or to teach him? Has the Lord ever needed anyone's advice? Does he need instruction about what is good? Did someone teach him what is right or show him the path of justice? No, for all the nations of the world are but a drop in the bucket. They are nothing more than dust on the scales. He picks up the whole earth as though it were a grain of sand. All the wood in Lebanon's forests and all Lebanon's animals would not be enough to make a burnt offering worthy of our God. The nations of the world are worth nothing to him. 
In his eyes, they count for less than nothing, mere emptiness and froth. To whom can you compare God? What image can you find to resemble him? Can he be compared to an idol formed in a mold, overlaid with gold and decorated with silver chains? Or if people are too poor for that, they might at least choose wood that won't decay and a skilled craftsman to carve an image that won't fall down. Haven't you heard? Don't you understand? Are you deaf to the words of God, the words he gave before the world began? Are you so ignorant, Preston? God sits above the circle of the earth. The people below seem like grasshoppers to him. He spreads out the heavens like a curtain and makes his tent from them. He judges the great people of the world and brings them all to nothing. They hardly get started, barely taking root when he blows on them and they wither. The wind carries them off like chaff. To whom will you compare me? Who is my equal, asks the Holy One. Look up into the heavens. Who created all of the stars? He brings them out like an army, one after another, calling each by its name. Because of his great power and incomparable strength, not a single one is missing. Oh, Jacob, how can you say the Lord does not see your troubles? Oh, Israel, how can you say God ignores your rights? Oh, Preston, how can you say the Lord does not see your troubles? Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all of the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar on high wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And as I got to the end of that passage, I felt the God of the universe say very clearly, Preston, you are in a boat and you have pushed off further from shore than you have ever been before. And the water is deeper than ever and the waves are higher than ever, but you have forgotten something. You did not just etch my name on the outside of that boat. It is not SS Christ follower. Son, I am in that boat. You are not by yourself. I am in your boat. And I'm the God of the universe and no one is my equal. This pressure that is mounting on you is not from me. That's not how I do it. I am with you. I will never leave you. I promise never to forsake you. And I look you in the eyes, son, and say, and I look you in the eyes, daughter, and say, you see that other side? We're going there. And yes, we're gonna go through a storm, but I promise you, we will do it together. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I'm so glad, God, that I'm a part of a church where I don't have to fake it. I don't have to pretend. I can stand up and just read, in essence, a journal entry from my heart to yours. God, I pray that it would help people in this moment. I pray that as we worship, as we sing this next song, God, if there's anyone in this room who's feeling overwhelmed with pressure, I pray for the captive to be set free. God, last night you set me free. You liberated me from a chain that has bound me up for months now. 
and I don't ever want to go back. I don't ever want to live under that pressure. God, I confess and we confess, we are not enough to pull this thing off. I cannot pull off my calling. It's our calling, mine and yours. We're doing it together. God, I pray that over every person in this room, especially those who are going through incredible times right now. Things are amazing. And that's actually contributing to the pressure they're feeling. Holy Spirit, right now in this moment, would you pick up that yoke, pull it off of them, and would you place it on Jesus? Jesus said, bring your burdens to me. God, we bring our burdens to your son, Jesus Christ. I pray as we worship in this moment, we would do so as a people, not just free from pressure, not just free from sin. I pray we would do so as those intimately connected with the God of the universe through the blood of Jesus Christ, his son. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand? I'm not gonna invite our altar ministry team to come forward yet. I want us just to have a moment of worship. I want you just to close your eyes right where you are. And if you've been feeling some pressure and it's mounting, maybe you feel like you're supposed to be the strongest person in this room, which I convinced myself from time to time I had to be, I cannot be. But if you're here and you're feeling pressure, every head is bowed and every eye is closed. If this message was for you, like it was for me, I just want you to lift up your hands and let go of that heavy burden. Just let it off. Come on, put your hands up in his presence. We're gonna sing this song. I found myself singing this in the middle of the night last night. He came to my rescue and I just wanna be right where you are. If you're feeling pressure, let go of it now and let's worship freely in his presence. Let's sing it together.
Thanks for joining us on Gateway.Live. For more information about Gateway Church, please visit us at www.gatewaylife.com.